or what do I want to do with the rest of my life? These age-old confusing questions that some of us or all of us face. My name is Mickey Horvath, and I am the host of the Career Guy podcast, where I will be interviewing a variety of guests and letting them share their stories about their career and career paths, giving you, the listener, a lot more insight of the various careers that are out there. Today, I'm interviewing Chandler Cook. Chandler is an engineer that is currently working at Apple. He has worked at Tesla as an intern and as a staff employee as well. In this podcast, he talks about the various roles that he has and had with these two firms. He also discusses his education endeavor as a mechanical engineering student and pursuing his master's in automotive engineering. He also highlights the lifestyle in working in Silicon Valley, the Bay Area, a high-tech sector. So with that, I'd like to welcome Chandler Cook. Welcome, Chandler. I really appreciate your time today. Sure, absolutely. Thanks for having me, Mickey. Yeah. Um, You live in San Francisco right now? Yes, that's correct. So have you lived there your entire life? I've not. I've been here in the city for about three three and a half years now. And I've been in the Bay Area in total for about five years. And I've been working out here since I graduated from school. And I grew up in Tennessee. So my childhood was was in Tennessee. And and then I moved on from there to go to college in a couple different states. And then ultimately ended up out here for work the past several years. You grew up in Tennessee. So I imagine that's where you were born. Do you want to get a little bit more into how the things that you did when you grew up? I liked to do a lot of things outdoors. I was big into sports. You know, I was kind of an all sport, tried to play a bunch of different sports and just get involved in whatever activities were happening and kind of developed friends, friend groups through certain circles and at a, at a few different schools. And then I also would say I was pretty studious, I tried to stay dedicated at school but at the same time, I tried to have a nice balance of things to enjoy being with friends, going on adventures, traveling. My family grew up going to the beach and uh, in Florida, that was a usual spot we, we would travel to. And I, I developed a passion for golf. My dad and I still play golf today when we can. We're actually going on a golf trip here in a couple months to Utah and we're actually we're trying to start an annual tradition of a, a golf trip. I've always enjoyed playing golf, especially with him. And and I, I'm a big college football guy. I'm a big Georgia fan. Have another thing that I inherited from my dad, and am still passionate about today. And so I grew up going to Georgia college football games, and loved the energy in the stadium, and you know just all the fans and the all the festivities that happened on game day, and then watching the actual game. I've always enjoyed live events, you know, live sports, live concerts, and will try to go go to those types of events to feel that energy. Even today, still, I look for those opportunities. And so, my childhood, I'd, I'd say, was relatively balanced. I grew up in a suburban neighborhood. I went to a Christian private school, K through 12. And then once I got into high school, I started thinking more about college and ACT and SAT and, you know, where I might want to go. As, as high school went on, I, I started to try to figure out, you know, what, what might come next after that. You mentioned that you 
like to go to Georgia football games. So did, did, does that mean that you went to Georgia Tech for university or college? That would be a very good guess. I did not go to Georgia Tech. I, Georgia and Georgia Tech are, are rival schools. And so Georgia Tech has a phenomenal engineering program. So I will give I'll give them credit for that. <laughs> um, but being the rival in-state school, I, I think if I would have shown up to Georgia Tech wearing a Georgia t-shirt or a Georgia hat around campus, I think I would have gotten gotten called names and all sorts of stuff. I kind of avoided that that direction due to that, but I, I had decided I wanted to study engineering while I was in high school. And so based on that, I focused my college search on engineering schools. And I looked at a bunch of big state schools kind of across the U.S. and just applied to a bunch of places to see which places I could get accepted into. The four best schools that I got into for engineering I decided to pick from those. And so I visited all four of those and I landed on Virginia Tech. And so I went to undergrad at Virginia Tech, which was about seven hour drive from, from my hometown. So a day's drive to get there. And interesting, because all the, I had several options for engineering school, I had to find a way to decide where I wanted to where I wanted to actually go to undergrad. And I made my decision based on the campus, actually. After walking around campus, I said, this is where I want to walk around for four to five years. <laughs> and and I, so I just got a feel for how the people treated, pe- how, how did people treat people there? You know, do they have a good program? And what's the surroundings like? Is it an enjoyable, like, do I want to walk around on this campus, go to class and other activities for the next several years? And so, yeah, that's how I ended up at uh, Virginia Tech. So did you find that all the schools are pretty comparable? In terms of their programs or their campuses? Yeah, but more, more of their programs. From what I could tell, yes, I think, and I was interested in this because in high school and you're considering engineering and you hear names like MIT and Harvard and Michigan and all the, all these top engineering institutions, you kind of start wondering, are there actually extreme differences between the caliber of some of these tiers of schools? And so... I, from what I understood, the schools that I was looking at kind of all fell into the same tier. And it was kind of hard to get a read on exactly how prolific they were and their certain degrees of engineering and stuff like that. But I, at some point, I just had to make a judgment call and go with what I thought was best. And after meeting with some of the advisors at the schools talking about engineering programs, I think I trusted all of them. I thought they would all be great choice. There wasn't really anything at the four of them that worried me too much in terms of just having a successful education experience. And so I ended up just having to make a decision based on what I thought was best. Okay. Your experience at Virginia Tech, what was it like? What were the pros and what were the cons? Virginia Tech. Uh, let's see. The pros I went through, a lot of other students go through is I tried to find myself, you know, discover a bit more about who I am and where I'm going and just kind of embark on the journey that is college and be a part of the different experiences there. And what I would say that wasn't was an advantage or a pro of that time was the different communities offered and the different connection opportunities through different social groups and things like that. And it seemed like Virginia Tech had a lot of options to plug in 
on a face-to-face basis with people, whether it be student government or intramural sports or fraternities and sororities or going to sporting events or different types of clubs and groups that got together that had a shared interest. There was a snowboarding club that I was a part of for a time. And so I tried to get involved with several of those things. I was part of the ultimate Frisbee team at Virginia Tech. I played on the B team and it was a ton of fun. Made a lot of, met a lot of interesting characters on that team. I think the Frisbee teams are known for having kind of those funky, unique kind of people that there's no one like them. (laughs) And so, so yeah, those were, those are some, some interesting times. And we traveled to tournaments. We traveled to North Carolina or Tennessee or South Carolina for a Frisbee tournament and played other schools. So even though it was a club team, it was still fun to travel and play in these these frisbee tournaments and so so yeah I, I guess one thing i would say was that there were plenty there were a lot of opportunities for feeling involved and feeling a part of different groups and then aside from that on the on the academic side on the education side i thought mechanical engineering was a pretty brutal program it was it was very difficult and actually even though i was set on mechanical engineering coming into college at some point during my sophomore year, I thought about quitting. I thought about choosing something else. About halfway through sophomore year, the classes started to get really intense and more technical. And you really had to focus and pay attention and be very dedicated in order to keep up. And so there was a time where my grades were slipping and I was having trouble balancing things. And so I kind of hit a crossroads where I had to decide, is this right for me? And ultimately, I decided that it, it was the right path to stay with. And so I stuck with it through sophomore year and survived, got through the classes and tried to adjust some of my behaviors around studying and try to balance some things out a bit more going into my next few years after that. And so it was definitely a journey. The, the experience had its different obstacles and excitement, uh, you know, joyful, triumphant moments and all sorts of things. But I ended up sticking with it and staying dedicated through it. But but it was a tough and I ended up taking five years of undergrad, which I recommend to other engineering students out there. I think four years is tough to do. I think it. I think four years can be done. But at least at Virginia Tech, I felt that it was a lot crammed into four years. And so I ended up choosing to kind of expand my time out to five years and uh, do a co-op in the middle of college and spread my classes out a bit. And I found that to be a rewarding decision doing that. And so from an academic side, it was it was grueling. It, it took a lot of late nights, several all-nighters. I don't even remember how many. It taught me it taught me how to solve a lot of problems, a lot of different types of problems. Talk more about the pros and cons of engineering programs. But I think one thing, while they can be very technical at times, they basically teach you how to become a master problem solver. And in, in a technical sense where you, you see something you haven't quite seen before, but you have some tools in your toolbox that you can use to solve it. And sometimes you have to be creative and sometimes you might wind your way to the answer. So many different types of classes and you you learn to approach things with kind of that mindset of how do I solve this? I haven't quite seen this before, but I think I might know how to do it. But there's a lot of trial and error that comes with that. 
I think the experience as a whole, kind of just speaking big picture, it was rewarding, but also very challenging, I would say, in, in several senses. And so, and so in addition to the academic challenges, I would say there were social challenges as well. And I did, I dealt with social anxiety for a time when I was in college. And I, sometimes I was hyper-focused on school that I had to, my brain became very wired to just think about about school for certain semesters. And so, you know, sometimes it was hard to just run into people. (laughs) There's times where I would see people on the quad or something and I'm like, all right, how do I do this again? Like, I just want to say, hey, and I'm like, uh, uh, what words do I use? You know, and that's, I don't know, that's real. And I, I think, I think social anxiety is definitely can be uh, present. I think it's being talked about a lot more now. You hit on a couple of key points. I know a few engineers and I like the way you nailed it dead on uh, problem solving. It's all the engineers I know. That's what they, they're really good at problem solving. That's what they do majority of the day. Going back to your university experience, it sounds like you grew a lot though too. You really tried to participate in as many things as you could. Just try to balance the uh, the whole social and academic lifestyle. At the same time, you were saying as, as time was marching on, you were just so focused on school. And I think a lot of students fall into this is you get so focused on school that you sort of forget that there's an outside world. My sort of nail on that did I reiterate that to you properly or did I hear that right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it, it's it's very, I think when you are in five engineering courses and they're all very technical and some of them you may stay up until midnight, several nights a week trying to figure out the homework for, I think when your brain spends that much time and analysis trying to understand these technical things, brain is so honed into that, it can often be difficult to lose sight of your future and your purpose and your values and other social groups and and other people groups. And so I think in, in that sense, it can be challenging to balance those things due to the demands that some of these course loads and theoretical content can put on students. Just looking back quickly, if you had a chance to change anything back then, what would it be or would it be just left it the same? That's a good question. I, I think I would have to say I would leave it the same because it's hard to know what you're going to run into on your journey and your path before going on it. And I think some of those discoveries and moments that you experience can only happen naturally. And there were a lot of, there were some bumps in the road, but I think some of those, some of the events I went to, some of the people that I met and some of the lessons that I was able to get about myself and figuring out, basically growing up into a little bit more of a leader and a contributor and a thinker, creative problem solver. I mean, there's all, sometimes I look back at the time and think, you know, man, that was a really tough time, you know, trying to survive and stuff. But uh, at the same time, it's, it's, it, it kind of goes back to the whole thing about just about overcoming adversity. When you have a lot of adversity, it's going to be grueling most likely, but you're going to get a lot of value from the things that you learn. And, you know, one thing I've tried to do more recently is, in life is try to look at instead of using the word failure in anything in life, you know, I've, I've tried to substitute the phrase learning opportunity. 
Because I think if you frame these happenings that don't quite go right or don't quite go your your way or, or are frustrating into learning opportunities, then that can allow you to really kind of just shape for the better these experiences so that they can push you push you further and and kind of um, allow you to gain a new tool or a new insight or new connection or something like that. And to go back to answer your original question, I, I don't think I would change anything just because it was a unique experience that I feel like I would I would rather experience naturally. I think if I tried to write it, if I tried to box it up, I think I wouldn't do a good enough job. I think the real experience was was worth going through, even though it was difficult at times. So then obviously it helped you prepare for the future. And with that said, once you graduated, you obviously left that state. So tell us about what happened after you graduated. So when I was getting towards the end of my time in undergraduate, I was thinking about what I would do next. And I was deciding between whether I would go and try to go to work or stay in school. And for me at the time, there I had some internship experience during undergraduate and I, I was always, or I, I am and have always been fascinated with the community aspect of college and all that it can offer you in terms of learning all these things like we were just talking about and connecting with so many people like you. I think going on the college journey with 25,000 other people who are going on the same journey, it feels really special. You know, that's like an experience that's hard to find in other places. And so I really appreciated that phase of life. And I wasn't super excited about working yet. <laughs> and so I, I, that kind of pointed me towards, okay, you know, what, what am I really interested in academic wise? And should I consider getting another degree while I'm still in, in school mode and kind of build on this momentum that I've built during undergraduate? So that's what I decided to do. I decided to pursue a master's. And I thought about the topics that I am super interested in and what I might want to get get a master's in. And originally, I think that the natural next step or the a common next step for a undergraduate who studies mechanical engineering would be a master's in mechanical engineering. And so I considered that. However, when I I, I realized that a lot of the coursework in a master's for mechanical engineering was building upon the undergraduate theoretical and technical content that I had studied already. And I didn't really want to get more, more theoretical at the time. I wanted to, I wanted to learn more, but I wanted to apply it to industry and actually understand businesses to a better extent and basically be involved with companies and industries in some way and learn about market trends and different things about the workplace and what companies are doing and where companies are going next. And then I paired all those interests with the fact that I've always loved cars. I've always been fascinated with cars. And growing up, I always enjoy learning about different cars and driving different cars and owning different cars. And, and that's really a lot of kind of what drove my path, you know, in college and, and in my early career. And I was always fascinated with how these machines work. How are these, how do these things get powered and how do they transfer energy from the engine to the ground? 
how do they get designed and, and tested and, and all those things. And so because I had such a fascination with cars and, and had tried to take some automotive related classes in undergraduate, I sought out a, a, a graduate program that was focused around automotive. And so I found a, a program, a few pro- programs, which there are not very many of these master's programs that focus on automotive or automotive engineering specifically. And I found one of them at Clemson in South Carolina. And I I began looking into this, this new program that they started, I believe in 2008. So a relatively new program, but it was, they offered a master's or a PhD in automotive engineering. And once I did some research on this place, I really got intrigued by it. And they seem to be partnered with a lot of big automotive players like BMW and, and some other Michelin and some other suppliers in the area. It seemed like a, a great option. And so I connected with the, the staff there and expressed my interest. And I applied to there and a, and a few couple other schools as well and ended up getting accepted to this program at Clemson. And I, I think this this turned out to be a great fit because being in South Carolina, which is a state that I've always enjoyed being around and living in, I think I, I fit in well with the culture of people there. And the college also fits the type of college w- that I've always enjoyed, which is a big state school. It's got strong engineering. It's got big sports teams. and And so when I was looking into this, seemed like everything was aligning for me to go to this Clemson program. And I I felt I was really excited about it. And their facilities were new and they had seemed to have, you know, a lot of great connections. And and they also gave the option for a non-thesis master's. And instead of writing a thesis, they have you work six months in industry at, at an automotive company. And I thought that was perfect because I wanted to get the real world experience but also the class knowledge. And I thought that was a great balance that they offered. And so I I chose to go to Clemson. And I think my, the Clemson experience is where I think I really grew up and developed as a leader and and a professional. And I think I needed that time personally, a couple more years to really uh, prepare myself for going out into the professional world, just on a personal level and understanding how to, how to work well in teams and manage group projects. And since we had a lot of those and be a part of of big events and things like that. And so the Clemson experience turned out to be very fruitful. I was there for two years and completed my master's there. And I was very involved there as well. I, I was on the Clemson ultimate Frisbee team, which another fun experience and I also connected with my fraternity in undergrad. And so I got the chance to be a graduate advisor to help facilitate the, the launching of the new fraternity chapter while I was there. And that was, that was rewarding to see that come together and be a part of the development of this group that I had already had connections with previously. And then I also took on some some great leadership positions within student government for Clemson, as well as the Automotive Student Association. I was fortunate to get into these roles where I could advocate for students and push new initiatives that the students were concerned about up towards up to the faculty and the directors. And so I, I really enjoyed kind of being a voice for the students and recommending new ideas and talking about class curriculums and social 
events and better ways to to keep the the student groups connected. And so was kind of the chapter of my life that I feel like I really developed and was able to make a lot more connections and make the most of my education experience for those two more years. Sounds like that was quite the step. So with that, a couple of things. You did a six-month work term at Clemson. So where can you tell us where, where that was and what, what was that experience like? So while I was at Clemson, I became fascinated with Tesla. And we had learned about Tesla as a company in a couple of my classes. And this was back in 2014, 2015. So this was when Tesla had been around for a few years, but was still very much at the beginning of its development. And so after learning about them, I was was very energized and fascinated about them as a company and and decided to do what I could to to try to get connected with Tesla as a company to try to work for them. I was excited because it seemed like they were doing things in the automotive industry that no one else was and they were really pushing the limits of what a car can do and they were they weren't trying to make something a little bit better. They were trying to make their own thing that was the be- you know exceedingly better than the competitors and in addition the car happens to be their all their cars happen to be fully electric and which this is the way i look at it some people will look at it as oh they're ele- an electric car company that makes electric cars but the what i saw and continue to see is they want to make the best car on the road performance and electronics and interior cabin and you name it everything out there but also make it electric. And so I, I really thought that was a, a great mission to have and I wanted to be involved with them. And so I knew one guy that I went to Clemson with who was a year older than me that did the same program. And he interned with Tesla while he was the second year and I was a first year. And I had known him briefly. You know, I had met him a few times around campus and stuff. And And when I was in the second half of my first year, so the spring of my first year, he was in the spring of his second year at Tesla interning. And so I reached out to him while he was there and and expressed my interest and, and told him I'd, you know, love to talk about any possible opportunities. But, you know, I'll keep an eye out. I'll, I'll let you know if I see anything. And and sure enough, he, he was at an intern social event and one of the recruiters said, hey, if anyone knows anyone that would be interested in a supply chain internship, let me know. And this was in front of maybe a hundred interns. And, and, but my friend Luke was one of the people who heard this and said like, Hey, my friend Chandler, he, he would, he'd be interested. And here's his, here's his info. And so that, that kind of started a conversation with the, the recruiter and me, the recruiter reached out to me about that position and was a little bit different than the trajectory that I was heading towards in terms of the work style. It was a purchasing supply chain internship, which I found interesting, but it didn't, it was a little bit different than my degree content that I had been focusing on, but I saw it as the opportunity to to be a part of Tesla. So, so anyways, I went through the application process or sorry, the interview process and it turned out to be a great fit and they um, gave me the offer and I accepted that. And so I interned with Tesla my summer in between years one and two. 
of my graduate program. That was the summer of, I think it was 2015. That was, I moved to California and it was my first, I had briefly been to California maybe once or twice, but never really, definitely never lived in California. And so, you know, I, I experienced all the, it was, it was a really fun experience because I, I lived in Palo Alto that summer and um, with several other interns that were working in other companies. And, um, and I was just fascinated with the whole Bay area, you know, it's, it's very scenic here. There's a, there's a lot happening. There's a, there's a ton of people that have moved here from all over the world. And there's a lot of really amazing companies that are doing groundbreaking things. So I would just love being a part of that energy and also to be a part of the, the Tesla organization at the same time. And so, so yeah, that summer I, I interned with Tesla, fo- focusing on purchasing and supply chain, made a lot of great friends, connected with other interns, connected with other teams. And and then I went back to, to Clemson at the end of that summer to take on, to finish my graduate program to do my second year, which, you know, and, and I had eventually as the as the second year progressed i decided i wanted to return to tesla to intern again to cover my 6 months of interning that was that i needed to take care of in order to graduate and so that's that's what i ended up doing i ended up returning to tesla for another internship and kind of furthering my career path in that route so then you stayed at tesla finishing off your internship when you were finishing off at uh, clemson so when you when you did graduate though, did you want to stay at Tesla, or were you just actually drawn to California more so? I really wanted to work at Tesla. That was the main driver, and so I think it was all about being a part of of their organization. And so when I found a return opportunity through another internship, the second year, and eventually used that to allow me to convert into a full-time opportunity later down the road. At the time of where my master's degree was winding down and I was getting ready to look for full-time opportunities, I was very set on Tesla and wanted to use my experience there as, a, as an opportunity to stay connected with the company and, and work for them. And I think it for me, California was just the icing on the cake. I think getting to be a part of Tesla was the main my main goal at the time. And if Tesla was in South Dakota, I probably still would have gone. <laughs> I'd be like, I'll be like fly me to South Dakota. I'm there. <laughs> I think California was just, you know, it was, it was rewarding for me to get to experience the Bay Area as, or I would say, in addition to the Tesla experience. <laughs> Tesla is, is located in the Bay Area and they, their main factories in Fremont, California, which is, in the southern portion of the Bay Area, somewhat close to San Jose, and then their official headquarters, at, which is where they have a lot of engineering, design engineering teams, and and different different types of teams, is in Palo Alto, which is on the a little bit west of the Bay, or I I would say. Okay, so I didn't realize that. So obviously, when you did your uh, internship at Clemson, you just picked any any business that you wanted to. Or they approach the school, but you would travel the country. You could do that. It didn't didn't have to be in that specific rural area as far as the geography was concerned. Right. Clemson's yes. main thing for that master's program was having their students take on an automotive 
internship opportunity, wherever that may be. And so Clemson has partnerships with other companies in South Carolina that are in the same area. And certainly some of my classmates were able to get internships with BMW and, and some of those other companies that were nearby. But they they are completely accepting of any automotive opportunity with a company that you choose. And they have connections. The Clemson staff has connections with companies that they provide for students. And whenever they become aware of opportunities, they make sure that students are in the loop about regarding internship or full-time opportunities. However, it's also fine for you as a student in that program to go out and, and seek out your own opportunity as long as it has some relation to your the automotive program sounds like it's a really good school they really thought out their program they're really well connected so obviously they're trying to take care of the students very well so going back to tesla so you're working at tesla still and you're you're working more in supply chain management which is a bit of an offshoot from engineering if i'm hearing you right so you're still working in supply chain management if if i'm hearing you right what happened there not at Tesla anymore. So obviously you've moved around a little bit more. So after you've graduated, what happened with Tesla? So when I returned back to Tesla the second year, I found a role on the industrial engineering side of things, which was in the factory itself. And so it my first experience at Tesla was, or my first experience inside the factory was with the industrial engineering team for battery pack. And so that was this, this role excited me a lot more. I think it was closer to my, the career direction that I wanted to head down. And so for this, this job, I, I dealt with, or I, I worked on enhancing some of the process flow tool design and found different ways essentially to make the battery pack line run smoother and more efficiently to, to help the production team hit their goals to make the battery packs for the cars. And I, I felt more drawn to that environment. And so I completed two internships back to back that were very closely related to each other, both in the battery pack area of the factory. And once I had finished that, I started looking into full-time opportunities and I was able to connect with the manager at at the general assembly section of Tesla, where the main parts of the car come together. And, and this, this area even piqued my interest more than the battery pack assembly area, just because it, it was exciting to see the whole car come together. You know, you saw the battery pack going one way and the car body going another way. And, you know, these robots, you, you basically, you see it all come together. I think that's one of my favorite things in life as a whole is seeing everything come together and so when I was able to see the car come, the whole car come together, I thought, "Ooh, this area, this is this is where I want to be." And so I, I reached out to the manager of that one of their industrial engineering teams in that sector, and and this was a few months before I would be wanting to transition into a full time role, and and that turned out to be a great fit. Him and me, we got along very well, and he they were looking for another team member to support them, and so. I was able to get a role starting on that team as uh, as a full-time employee. And so I worked there in in the general assembly area for 1 year and and then 
actually, I was starting to develop uh, my skills and there was a mass layoff at Tesla. And, and I was, I was caught up in this. And so this was a huge, huge roadblock for me that I went through a few years back while I was at Tesla. And a lot of my team got, got caught up in this and the team I was on at the time. And so this was, a, this was a, a really interesting phase as I had to figure out what, after I got laid off, wh- where do I go from here? Because I, I, I had essentially relocated my whole life to be out in the Bay Area working for Tesla. But now that, that door is suddenly closed. And so now I have to, had to figure out what do I want to do? So I had decided that I wasn't going to give up on Tesla yet. I was going to see if I could get back in. And because I tried to look at it as, Hey, maybe there's another opportunity that Tesla that I could get back in. And so I, I re I connected with a different industrial engineering manager and she was expanding her team at the time. And she had known me from my work being there previously and I was able to go back after a couple months of being off. I was able to go back into Tesla on a different team. And I worked on that team, which was uh, Model 3 General Assembly. I also really enjoyed that era of Tesla, getting to see the Model 3 cars come together and be built. And I was around when they launched the Model 3. So the first Model 3 to come out was happened when I was there. So that was very exciting. And... So I was there for six months helping with Model 3, and then I was laid off a second time in another mass layoff. And (laughs) so, yeah, very unfortunate. I mean, I think I was one of the few that was caught up in it twice and because it's kind of hard to understand some of of the details behind that. But yeah, it happened a second time, and, and I... When, when the second one happened, I was, I would ask them or I asked the team when I was leaving that in the meeting before I left, I volunteered to be a production line associate and I could move down to that wage and just to stay a part of the company. Cause I didn't want to give up quite yet. I was still determined. I was like, maybe there's a way still, even on this, this day that the second layoff is happening, maybe there's a way to stay involved and. So I offered my services to be to be a production line associate in the area that I was an engineer or process engineer for. And they kind of came up with some like beat around the bush answer. And and I knew that they needed production line associates. Like they were short. Like I was responsible for like looking at the headcount of like, how many production assistants they had. And I knew they were short people. <laughs> And so I asked, can I be one of those people? And they, they kind of said, no, you know, we'll, we'll, we have some info coming on that, but that's not going to work or something like that. And so I just realized it's like, okay, this, this career direction is not working out. I did every, I did everything I could. I stuck around, I came back and, but this doesn't seem like the right destination for me. And so I, so, so moving forward a little bit, I went through a season after that where I was considering what I was going to do next. And I wanted to stay in the Bay Area, but I just wasn't sure what I was going to do after that. And so looked into some different opportunities and I, I found this, this group called Shift, which is a relatively, it was a startup at the time that they've, they've since gone public in the past year or so or past six months or so that is in the used car space and they 
they're kind of, they're almost like new age CarMax. Like they have used car inventory, but they're trying to optimize the used car buying and selling experience. And I interviewed with them for a certain role as kind of an operations project specialist. And so I, I worked in that role, which was really interesting to see kind of the startup side of things and to see what it's like to launch something, launch a project from not existing to fully operational and see all the things that happened in that process. And so, so I worked there for a year and ultimately decided to move on to, to a different opportunity later as Shift was more focused on the software and sales space. And while it, I had a really cool opportunity to build some of the new repair center spaces and design layouts and work with logistics aspects of the cars and, and set up new parking lots and do a lot of cool things working with vendors and things like that. But I had realized that uh, I wanted to work more with hardware and Shift was more focused on software and sales. And that was kind of their main points of business. Whereas I wanted to be a part of a company that was making making something, making a piece of hardware, technology. And that's what fascinated me more. And so, you know, that ultimately led me to uh, my next chapter, chapter after that. So obviously you're following your heart. You're, you're saying you're at shift. It just wasn't fitting you as well and you didn't resonate with it. So you just had to move on to your next chapter. So your next chapter. Yeah. My next chapter, which is my current chapter, which is at Apple. Chandler has given us a lot of insight from his education to working at Tesla. Please listen to his second half of his interview where he will get more into working at Apple what he does there, the lifestyle, and more importantly, the hiring process. In addition, he will also get into the lifestyle at Silicon Valley, what it is like to work at a, at a high-tech center such as the Bay Area. So please listen 